Hello and welcome to the Killian Brady Performance Podcast, where we discuss everything you need to take your performance to the next level. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Lisa McGuire, where we discuss her journey from the first time she ever swung a club at age 10 to becoming a professional golfer. We talk about the importance of quality over quantity when it comes to training and how to keep yourself accountable. Lisa tells us the lessons she has learned from golf that she applies to her everyday life and about the transition from living at home to going to college and Duke University to pursue her career in golf. We also discuss the benefits that students can have when it comes to playing sport. So Lisa, thank you very much for giving up your time in this rainy cabin weather. Something yeah, exactly. You mightn't be overly used to, or are you? You spend a lot of time here or away? Um, no, well, it's kind of half and half really. You spend a good bit of time away and then Whenever I'm not on the road, it's always nice to come home. So um, no real base anywhere else. It's always nice to come home to Ballyconnell and um, sleep in my own bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For stuff that people take for granted, I suppose. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, we spend enough time kind of, we kind of call it living out of a suitcase. Yeah, so, um, yeah. We spend enough time either on golf course or hotel. So it's, it's always nice to come home whenever you get the chance. Yeah, most people are usually the other way around going, I love getting away to golf courses and then having to come home. Yeah. But it's nice. So, Lisa, as I said, thanks a million for coming on. Why don't you tell for people that don't know about your background and how you got started in golf? Um, it's a long yeah. story, I know. I mean, <laughs> Where do I start with this one? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like that long ago now, and then another way, it seems like quite a while ago. Um, I mean, growing up, we played all sorts of sports. We did a lot of swimming, played a lot of football, like everybody else, mm-hmm. very normal. And um, I actually broke my elbow um, when. I'd say about 10 maybe, we just messing around in the playground, yeah. broke my elbow and I started to lose a bit of mobility in my arm, just from kind of cradling it. And then um, the doctor I went to was like, oh maybe you should play racket sports, get it moving, do something like that. And dad was a big golfer, played yeah. a lot of golf and um, he was like, no, this will be a great opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. To get us out of the golf course, come out with him. We kind of tipped up and down to the driving range with him maybe every once in a while, but never mm-hmm. really got into it. And um, that summer he took us out on the... The Power Tree Golf Course up to Sleeve Russell. Um, he bought a few clubs, I think maybe three clubs we started with, maybe, or yeah. something like that. Um, he was kind of like, who wasn't going to commit to it? <laughs> we See how this goes for Yeah, so kind of on a trial run basis. But um, no, by the end of the summer, it took the full summer probably to get into it, but uh, by the end of the summer, which um, afternoon, I kind of got more and more into it and uh, got a bit better at it, I suppose. Yeah. The frustration was there in the beginning, but once we got a bit better at it, Kind of kept at it, and uh, we kind of we joined Castle Human and Skill, and then after that, and we just used to play small little competitions with mm. the lads, played with the lads, and uh, tipped around with Dad, and just kind of got more and more into it and enjoyed it, and uh, then Dad kind of brought us to tournaments, kind of around Ireland, kind of around the area, and we got better and better and at it, and I suppose more opportunities kind of came around. So we got on a few Irish teams and a few European teams, and. Uh, then headed off to America mm. for college, so it was kind of it was it just kind of progressed nicely. It just kind of went from one thing kind of led into the to the next thing, but uh, no, it was all good. Nice it was. So yeah, as you say, it wasn't this big master plan of we're going to start playing golf now yeah. at ten and yeah. by whatever age we're going to be over in America. It was just kind of a case of see what happens next. See what and when you first picked it up, was it something that you're like, oh, this isn't actually just an old man sport. I could get into this. Yeah. Or was it not just something, oh, this is something that dad plays? Yeah. Is it something that just enjoyed when you said get out into it initially? I think, I think in the beginning, it was definitely difficult in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, we'd been used to, 
I mean, we used to go to matches with dad for years. The house was sport mad, so mm. anything that was kind of sports related, we were willing to give it a go. Um, it just probably wasn't something we tried before. We tried it basically everything else, yeah. know, hockey or Rangers in school or tennis or whatever. And um, no, it was it was definitely different different in the beginning. But I think uh, one of my first memories the, down the drive near to Russell, there's a path that runs across. So you can kind of walk around the hotel and stuff, and it's about well, it's, it's about sixty yards out maybe, mm. and Dad had like a wee bet running the first person to get the ball over the over the road got a Mars bar and that went for ages and ages. <laughs> Me and Nona tried we went the shortcut and they kinda of came in a wee bit and eventually I don't remember who got it in the end, but it was a big deal to get it over this path in the beginning. So it was like it definitely started off with small little yeah. It was probably the, the best Mars bar you ever bought. Exactly. Just I don't know if you got the Mars bar in the end. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was that was it in the end. It was just trying to and then when we started playing the, the small par three course, it was kind of, I think, par down there would be 27, so it was kind of, it was breaking 15, and then it was yeah. breaking 40, and then it was breaking 30, and just kind of, bit by bit, just keep, like, chipping away at it, so it was never, it wasn't zero to a hundred yeah, right from yeah. the get-go. You didn't just go ahead and start smashing balls. Exactly, you were like Tiger Woods on day <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and then, like that, golf, in a good way, is a really competitive game with yourself, mm-hmm. so it's not like you're always looking over, I'm sure you and your sister will, but yeah. it's a game where you're always going out and trying to beat your own numbers. Exactly, yeah, I mean, that's the one thing about golf, I suppose, um, you kind of, you can be your own worst enemy and your, your own best friend out there, kind of, you have to, I mean, you have some people, like in the pressure game, you'll have a caddy or whatever, mm. and um, you'll have people around you, but at the end of the day, they can't hit the shot for you, you kind of have to hit it yourself, and if you... I just know if there's something wrong, you kind of, it's on you to kind of do that way. So that's kind of, I liked it that way. You kind of had to take ownership of, the, like, of your own thing. And, yeah. and you practice because you know at the end of the day you were kind of being the one examined, kind of, if you want to put it that way. But um, no, it was, it was definitely good that way. You, had to, you definitely learned to be a bit more independent. You weren't kind of, you didn't have the same structure until we went to college anyway. You didn't have that sort of team maybe structure mm-hmm. that you would have maybe when you went to football and if that was kind of set out, you kind of just did bang, bang, yeah. bang with everybody else. Whereas the golf was a li- little bit different. And I suppose the fact that it wasn't the most strenuous of things, you kind of, you weren't flat out for like an hour or flat out for yeah. two hours. You kind of had, you could spend the whole day at it and maybe you mightn't have done as much it kind of got to a thing where it was nearly you had to be quality over quantity yes. instead of just kind of going through the motions of it for the entire day you'd be better off kind of packing a good quality session and a good quality concentration into a, a short space of time I think that's uh, like I think that is something that even in team sports that people do forget like you could easily go down and just whack balls all day yeah. and come back up and be like well I actually don't know what I improved or yeah, I don't exactly. know you know, what I was doing right, what I was doing wrong. Mm-hmm. Same, I do a lot of work with footballers, and if they're taking free kicks, going in and just hitting the balls yeah. isn't really going to get you anywhere. Helpful, yeah. No, it's the exact same thing. You kind of, that's the one thing we kind of developed over the years was even little like score sheets. If you were mm-hmm. going down to the driving range, same concept if you were on the pitch, kind of um, doing like a shooting drill, you're kind of marking maybe out of 10 how many you scored, how many you didn't. Same with the golf, maybe how many, if you're on the putting green packs, you're putting how many what you hold, how many you didn't, and you could kind of keep track of it, and then you could see if you were progressing, and if you weren't, then it was kind of 
time to ring the coach and be like, here, there's there's something missing here and I can need to work on this or is there something off my technique? So otherwise you're kinda you were guessing, you were kinda one day you'd be like, Oh well this felt good, that felt good but it mightn't actually be what you think it is, it's just kind of um you're kinda going off your own your own kind of whim. So um no that was definitely important. That was something we kinda learned probably as we went along we didn't pass much heat on that in the beginning but yeah. it's definitely more as you kind of got along that you were kind of like yeah we probably need to keep track of a few more stats here and um, just have kind of a bit more consequence to practice I guess we kind of called it. Yeah and I think that it's so important for people to understand that it's not a case of as you said it's pure quality over quantity yeah I think I think that's a great point. Do you feel because golf can be a very very frustrating game mm. do you feel growing up it would have taught you a lot of discipline because I'm sure even with, as you get older, you go out and play, and you know you need to try and keep your cool. You know if it's not going well, you need to refocus. Growing up when you were young, was that very hard? I think it was in the beginning. I, I remember um, even, yeah, like you said, just even keeping your cool. I remember, I don't know, you'd have people that are famous for throwing clubs or breaking mm. clubs or whatever you want to call it. And I remember one of the first times I think we were at a tournament and played with someone and they were throwing clubs and whatever and I remember dad taking us to the side at the end and giving us a stare warning if that ever happened you wouldn't see the golf clubs again yeah. or if you ever broke a club you'd never see another golf club again so I mean there was that sort of thing you kind of you minded what you have because you knew you wouldn't get another one yeah. but um, no it's definitely it is it's still a frustrating game anytime yeah. you go out you can still feel like one day you can feel like you're on top of the world and the next day you kind of feel like you've, you've lost it a bit so um no, that that was definitely um, the the key to it was the discipline to kind of and I suppose to cut yourself a little bit of slack on mm -hmm. the days that it wasn't maybe as good. You kind of knew that maybe there was one part of your game that could kind of save you a little bit if you were kind of hitting it offline. That maybe you're putting it save you that day and vice versa if you were hitting it really nicely but not holding any putts that you could kind of just be a little patient and know like maybe when you least expected something to turn and you get a bit of momentum and. It was all about having that little bit of patience, I suppose, to, to kind of keep yourself in in the round that you, mm. when it did turn, you'd be ready for it. Same as if you were in a game and waiting and waiting and the momentum shifts then and you have to be ready to, to push on or whatever. So, um, no, it was definitely, it was good that way. There was a lot of, there has been a lot of, I suppose, life lessons that you can kind of take from the game that we've we've had the whole way up, I suppose. Um, probably even like from a discipline standpoint, even going up through school, that was the big thing. Didn't have an, an outrageous amount of time. Yeah, that's because yeah. that's, that's when, when I think, mm -hmm. and this just me, when I think of someone who was on to play professional sport, I think that they must have just committed to a whole life to yeah. it from a young age, but that wasn't the case with you. No, I mean, we went to school like normal, we went to primary school in Swad and then on to Reno. So I suppose in primary school, when we just, we just started playing golf and we were still playing football and swimming, and it was kind of every evening was something different. Yeah. And, um, then when we went to Loretto, it was kind of you'd, a longer day, kind of, and you you got up in the morning and uh, went to the gym in the morning before school, came home and you got the homework done and then you were up to the driving range and you hit balls then for the evening, you get an hour or two hours maybe, um, stick the floodlight to be on up the rustle and you'd hit away, so there wasn't a, an outrageous amount of time during the week, you, yeah. fair enough, you had your weekends um, to kind of get a bit more leeway or whatever in the weekends, but during the week it was kind of, you had those little windows and you kind of made as much as you as you caught out of them I suppose 
with that, that I suppose we probably gave up a few things. You didn't, you couldn't watch as yeah. much telly, or you couldn't do whatever you in the evenings. But it was kind you of didn't just get like, your fill of the Simpsons when you come home from exactly, school. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of had to. You just you knew what it was, and you just kind of setting out a plan. I suppose was key for us. We just kind of that sort of time management skills was kind of just just nice. Um, that we kind of knew. Well, if you get it done here, you get it done here. If you don't, you don't get it done. And you kind of mm-hmm. miss out on that sort of window. But um. No, that was definitely important. You kind of got an extra there, five, ten hours maybe just out of squeezing everything together that you would have lost if you just kind of come in in the evening and just sat down and you just kind of had to be uh, on the ball with all of that. That's when I find when I'm talking to people that at the top end of their sport, time management is like, I know people always go, oh, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough time. But when you see the likes of yourself or people in up it's just prioritising stuff. Yeah. And I think anybody in any walk of life does not have to be sport can take so much from that as if you said if you had it on home you could have spent an hour just yeah. doing nothing yeah. before you realise no I mean I, I guess it's, it's back to what people say is like if you want something done ask a busy person yeah. they're, they're kind of they have everything kind of bang 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 and um, I suppose that's what ju- just we found we kind of started with the routine from say you had your whole summer holidays you enjoyed the freedom of the whole summer holidays and then first day back at school you kind of had to start first day back and kind of kick it all off that way but it was just um it was yeah it was just we kind of had a wee plan you kind of had it stuck to the wall or whatever and you kind of knew what you're doing every day and what you weren't doing but it was definitely it was helpful now it was probably the one of the um the key things and then especially when it came to exam years junior circle even search obviously the time was at a premium then so um, there wasn't as much golf probably living this year, but uh, you still got your little pockets when you could, and I suppose it was nice. That was the nice thing doing the living search. You had your golf kind of as a break, then yeah. it's like an outlet kind of. You kind of were sick of the boots. You could kind of go out and play for an hour or two and get your fresh air and everything else, and then come back in and get stuck at it again. So it was a, uh, it was normal and not normal. <laughs> yeah, it was normal but very busy normal. Yeah. Exactly. Do you think that had just on exams that mentality of even when it came to studying, right, this is my study time now, I get this done and then I get the rewards of maybe a break or I get to go out and hit a few yeah. balls or whatever. No, that was it exactly. Um, I mean, it was that, that's what I'd say to people. It was the same discipline we used for the golf that we used for the study. It was yeah. kind of, it was the same. It was exactly the same, just two different environments. And that was the same when we went to college. I think in, in college we used to have lectures from 9 o'clock to 1 o'clock and then the rest of your day was your golf time and you knew if you could get the study done in as small a window as possible, you could kind of have more time to play golf and do whatever else you wanted. So um, that's what I always saw as the incentive. If you could get everything done, kind of bang, 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 it kind of opened up um, the windows to do other things. And it was just kind of something that, that stuck with me kind of the whole way. Yeah, because you were kind of sacrificing your own time if you kind of dragged your leg out it. things took two hours instead of an hour. Yeah. But yeah, I think mean, that's a great point. At what stage growing up or was there a point where you were like wait a minute here now this could be something that I could pursue um yeah I mean that's 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 something that's hard it was kind of hard to know I suppose it probably got to a point where we had to choose between sports I suppose that's a hard thing for a lot of people um I think I'd say we were about 14 15 when things just got too much that everything was cash and you might have had a swimming gala you had football training and you had a golf tournament and you kind of then it got into the situation we had to pick and that, I guess that was tough in the beginning mm. um, was just knowing I really want to go there I really want yeah. to go there 
but I'm going to go there. And that was kind of, when it got down to that stage, that was kind of the the stage you knew you had to prioritise kind of one or the other and you started dedicating more time to the yeah. golf over the other two. And I'd say, I'd say definitely it was around 15, 16 at that time. It was getting really competitive in the golf and starting to travel more and more team opportunities and stuff like that. And um, yeah, no, I'd, I'd, say, I'd say 15 or 16, yeah. And was it ever a case of, because at that age it's very hard, a lot of people would prioritise doing what friends are doing mm. or going where the kind of crowd's going. Yeah. And golf is quite, you know, an individual game. Did that ever kind of come in thinking, oh no, I want to just do what my friends are doing basically? Yeah, yeah no, I mean, it was tough. I, I suppose, looking back on it, that's the one thing. It's a, you made it, you made sacrifices. There was yeah. definitely sacrifices down through the years, down through school, I suppose. You couldn't be out as late on a Friday night or a Saturday night because you were mm-hmm. away in Dublin at Irish training or you had a competition on two rounds two down on Sunday morning. So there was definitely there was definitely sacrifices made along the way. There's no point saying there wasn't. Um, but at the same time, if I kind of look back over the last 15 years and said, well, I've been all over the world and I've yeah. got the opportunity to study abroad and um, do what I have done, would I swap it? Probably not. So it's, it's all a trade-off, I suppose. Yeah. It's just kind of where you... But I, again, at the same time, when you're 15, 16, 17, and you're kind of, you go to bed early instead of going out with yeah. everybody else, it doesn't, it probably doesn't seem fair in a way. Mm-hmm. But um, no, it, it's definitely kind of looking back and looking at the bigger picture. It's easy kind of saying that when you're kind of true at all or yeah. whatever. But um, yeah, no, there's definitely, there's sacrifices along the way, I suppose. Anyone will tell you that. Mm-hmm. You can't always, ha- you can't have it all, I suppose. Um, I remember even when we were, deciding where I was going to go to college or whatever and the coach uh, at the University of America said that there was three main categories even to college he said there was school there was golf and there was social life and he said you could be really good in two areas and you couldn't be really good in three yeah so it's, it was just kind of the the trade-off he said you could have all three but you just couldn't be really really good yeah. in three areas or do everything you wanted in all three areas so um, I suppose it's that sort of concept uh, kind of right across the board whatever you're Three areas are four or yeah. five areas, yeah. I think that's such a good like, and just even saying it makes so much sense. I'm going to say, well, yeah, well, obviously, but you don't like people try to have it all, yeah. And something's going to have to give yeah. when you try to have it all. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that's growing up. I suppose mum and dad, um, would always always instill us kind of whatever you do, do it well. Yeah. You don't have to do things if you're gonna if you're gonna play golf, play golf properly. If you're gonna go to school, do school properly. Don't kind of wishy-washy somewhere in the middle so I suppose that's that was the kind of nice thing we probably thought it was quite harsh mm-hmm. kind of growing up but um it's definitely something that I appreciate now and kind of carry across the board now it's kind of once you set your mind to something see it through give it as, as much as you can if it comes off it comes off it doesn't always come off but um at least you can say well I gave it a good go and it didn't have any more to give and it just wasn't meant to be or whatever so um no but definitely you do oh, it's all about choices you kind of make choices along the way I didn't need the right choice, but uh, yeah. you just have to live with that. Yeah, I think I, I think that makes so much sense of if you want to do, no matter what it is, mm. you know, if you're going to do it, because people sacrifice time. Yeah. And to put half the time into something and half the time into something and get no results. Yeah. And then get very disheartened about, mm-hmm. oh, so I'm not progressing. Yeah. You know, progressing in maybe yeah. a percent in each area instead of 10% in one area. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, no, it's kind of, I suppose that always, uh, the phrase that always is kind of like jack of all trades yeah. and master of none. It's yeah. kind of, 
that was the thing too, back when she talked about when deciding what sport to pick or where to focus, it was kind of, do I do all of them kind of 70% or do you focus on one and kind of give it 100%? So that was, that was kind of, again, where that kind of trade-off comes in. I just have Mark here, you said there, over the last 15 years, mm. that's a long time for yeah. <laughs> for being so young. Yeah. Do, do, when you look back down, we said, what does it feel like 15 years worth of work? Yeah, I suppose at times it does and at times yeah. it doesn't. At times like, I'm trying to think back the first time we went out and played golf. I, I still remember, it still doesn't seem that long ago or even like certain competitions or whatever doesn't mm. seem that long ago. Um, and then other times it seems like ages ago, but when you kind of when you put it like that, oh, I've been fifteen years at this. It seems like quite a while. If so, if someone said to you, oh, I've been at a job fifteen years, you'd be like, oh yeah, it's quite a while. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely it's it's changed a lot over the last. Yeah. It's definitely like built built up, and I suppose it's only in the last three or four years that it's been kind of you call it full time, where there hasn't been any sort of there's no school involved. I suppose mm-hmm. more than anything else. Um, so that, that was definitely an adjustment kind of from going, oh, well, now we don't have half many of like school and so now it's a full-time thing. So there's definitely, there's, it's, it's changed a lot over the, over mm. the course of that time. But um, yeah, no, it's been good now. How was the transition from leaving Loretto and Calvin and going over to Duke University mm. wasn't, over in America? How was that transition? What age were you then? Um, I'm going to say we were 19, we did TY, so we had an extra year, um, I suppose that was the thing about TY, we probably, TY was in our golf year, yeah. <laughs> when everyone talks about the the projects they did and the work experience they did, we might have been on the golf course, <laughs> um, so that was kind of nice, we kind of, we to be fair though, Loretta was a bit flexible with us that year, we were probably out of it more than we were in it, but um, uh, that kind of gave us a flavour yeah. of like the f- like the full time golf experience if you want to call it that, um. So it kind of you kind of had to grow up a bit. You were kind of just maturing a bit more, becoming a bit more independent. But um, no, definitely, I suppose in fifth year, sixth year, it was kind of everyone was filling out their CEO forms and when you went up to the the open days and the RDS and um, it just it was the thing that struck you. It was kind of like well, you're kind of gonna have to make a choice here. You kind of you want to go down the normal college route and you could kind of, there's a small little kind of circuit here for, for playing golf, kind of like intraversity or whatever, um, but it's nowhere on the same league as what you can do collegiately over in America and I suppose down to the years there have been people from here and people we played with in Europe and at various competitions that have gone over and it was kind of a mixed bag, there was kind of like a mixed feedback, some people went over and loved it and did really well and mm-hmm. some people went over and maybe came home or went over and didn't like it as much so um, I think I think it was the summer of fifth year we went over and played um, the US Amateur over in Charleston um, and there was a good few college coaches about and we kind of we we tricked about with the idea kind of all up through school the, the college coaches used to always come over the European cha- the European team championships during the summer they'd all, you'd always see them floating about in their gear and they'd give you different bits and pieces and whatever but um. It probably wasn't until that year we kind of saw, well, a lot of the girls that were doing well at that tournament were kind of in college or maybe had just gone to college or a lot of people had signed up to go to college. So it was kind of, I think I suppose the penny kind of dropped at that stage was kind of like, well, I think you probably need to, that was the route we kind of need to go. And um, 
we just kind of talked to a few coaches. You sent you sent out a rake of emails, kind of got replies back, didn't mm-hmm. get replies back, and uh, I think by Halloween then we went over and visited a couple. Um, I just met everybody and saw what there was to see at the facility, and uh, yeah, we picked Duke. I'd say it must have been maybe Christmas the sixth year, maybe then. Um, so that was kind of it done and dusted. That was kind of the nice thing going into Lincer was, um. We kind of knew what our plans were come mm. August. Um, sometimes still give the leaving that's good to go, which we're going to yeah. give it. How did you find that even in school when people talking about going to Glone or mm. Dublin or yeah, and then what was it something that was even talked about or were you just like was it just a norm because everybody grew up with just going well, they're yeah. twins, they're golfers, they're going to do a big thing. So yeah. that was a norm like. If someone in my school said they're going to Duke University, I'd go, where the hell are you going? Yeah. No, that was it. It was kind of like, people are like, where are you going? You just, you're just kind of like, oh, I'm going to America and go to play golf. <laughs> I think a lot of people were kind of like, oh, you're just going to play golf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, it was, it, obviously it was different. Everyone was kind of going to Dublin and there was various times of the year people were, oh, they were getting accommodation sort and they were getting this sort and you were kind of just sitting on your hands being like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> there was nothing for you to sort. But, um, yeah, no, it was definitely different because there was no one else going. Um, but I suppose that was kind of the difference too. It was kind of, it made it seem maybe like it was a bit further away. It mm-hmm. was kind of when everyone, I know, all the ones down from home and friends, like they could come home on the weekend yeah. or if they wanted to come home midweek, they could come home midweek or whatever. Whereas when we were out there, you were kind of stuck out there. We got home at Christmas and we got home in the summer and it was kind of a, a twice a year job. So, kind um, of getting all or nothing. Yeah, so you were kind of, when, once you were out there, you were out there, but it was definitely, um, it was a transition now in the beginning, I'd say the first couple of weeks were, it was just, it was a change of pace, everything was different, you were kind of getting used to a new way of life, new, yeah. um, new culture, new everything, um, but, uh, and it's not just the college aspect of it, you said, yeah. the golf aspect of it, the social aspect of it, mm. so it's a total change. No, well, there was a total change, but at the same time, you were busy, so that was the kind of thing. A lot of people had really homesick or whatever. You were probably weren't homesick because you were flat out. You were going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, and everything was kind of new and shiny, and yeah. kind of getting a bit of everything going on. So it was like, from that perspective, it was grand. It probably wasn't until it quietened down. Maybe I think it was maybe around Thanksgiving time, and everyone was going home uh, and whatever else, and everyone was like, "Oh, you've been home," and you're like, "No, not really." <laughs> Waiting until Christmas time, but it wasn't. From that perspective, it wasn't too bad. It, the, the semesters kind of flew in mm-hmm. um, quick enough. Like I said, you were busy. You were kind of flat out from one thing to the next. So and it was, it was two you and your went over. So did you find that kind of... I think I think that helped a lot. Yeah. It kind of just eased the transition a bit. I mean, um, we were used to, we did everything together on up. So it was kind of, it was nice the way to have kind of that sense of company kind of over there mm-hmm. as well. Um, when you were... I suppose the one thing it was nice to hear a familiar voice who you were used to hearing the yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, American accents all day. It was kind of nice then, the evenings. You kind of have your, your bit of normality then when you go back. But uh, no, it was good. No, it was good. Is that something growing up that you found a benefit? Because you and your sister were so close, but everybody was known as the twins. Mm. Or the twins that played golf. Yeah. Is that something that you try to get away from and just be like, no, I'm Lisa, not yeah. just yeah. one part of the twin. Um, I suppose it was something we, we got used to yeah. from a very young age. I suppose even though we're not actually identical, we do look quite similar. So people, I suppose, man dresses the same <laughs> too, so we were kind of... Good Irish twins. Exactly. From my get-go, we were kind of like, 
package it, kind of where one went, the other went, and it was just, I suppose I think we got used to it, and yeah. then we kind of, I suppose we we very common interests with the same sort of friends in school and everything, so kind of by default we kind of ended up living in, in each other's pockets yeah. that way, so um, we never minded it, um, I suppose, you, like Anthony, you, you got used to it, people did refer to you as the twins, and mm. that was just kind of, I never, we, we never passed any remarks on it. Never, never bothered me too much. Then. It's just the norm. Yeah. Yeah. So for you now, what bar from jetting off and playing golf, the glamorous side of things, yes. what are you currently focusing on at the minute? Um. So I'm doing some work for Models Golf Golf Management Company. Um. That's so we're kind of. Yeah, working with Nine yeah, yeah. Um. So. Yeah, like you said, going different places, going different tournaments, trying to. Bring new people in more, trying to grow the game a little more, especially here at home, and uh, trying to get more young guards on board. And kind of, I suppose that was the one thing I noticed going through school. And um, the one thing that a lot of stuff we gave, you kind of got to junior shirt level, and maybe you went into the concert hall already, and people were like, oh, the, the teachers were like, oh, well, now sports done, focus on focus on school and focus yeah. on the books and stuff. And that I always kind of didn't think that was a good thing. I, I still think having like the balance of like exactly. sports and having something else going on is, is kind of good. Just just even for that mental break, you can't be at the boots 24-7 and it's good to kind of have an outlet that way. Even just keep fit and healthy and mm-hmm. keep your, um, your mind fresh. So um, no, I'd like to see more, more young girls taking up the game. I suppose golf has always had that sort of air of, so maybe like you said before, mm-hmm. being like an older man's sport or um, being a sort of stuffy sport, mm-hmm. it'd be kind of nice to to get more people. I think that's really changing now, though. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of even I was saying when our brother kind of um he come up kind of after us and it was kind of there was more of going out with the lads yeah. and then a few old with the lads or even in the summertime going out with the lads and then all day with the lads. So um that's kind of nice. I think people are seeing. You always talk to people like when we play pro am or even just up at the Russell or whatever, and you'd say you meet people and they'd be maybe in their 40s, 50s, 60s. But geez, I'd love to have played golf when I was younger yeah. or got into it younger. So it's kind of it'd be nice if we get more and more people start and kind of when they're 10, 11, 12, the whole way up, and then get them to kind of stick with it mm. um, as they go into to later life. So, um, yeah, no, I'd, I'd love to see more more people of any age, um, but especially more younger girls playing, because I know how many opportunities it's given me to enter yeah. the years, it definitely wouldn't be where I am today without it. Um, and I, I guess people see it too, you don't have to compete in an elite league level for you still to get the kind of the enjoyment out of yeah. the game or get the light skills out of the game that you can have. I think that's a big thing with golf, and I know a lot of sports, but Golf in particular, it's on, as you said earlier on, it's on you, mm. you know, so yep. if you're not putting in the practice, yep. if you're not putting in the time, if you're not putting in the discipline, yep. it, it's because in some sports teams, it's easy to hide. Yeah. If you're yeah. in golf, there's actually nowhere to hide. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of, yeah, like you said, you have a little bit of a buffer on a team, you can kind of, yeah. you can kind of, other people can help you out and vice versa, you want to help other people mm-hmm. out for this golf, you're kind of, a little bit more exposed. It was it was funny actually. Myself and were up in St Clair's there during the week. Just and some of the questions that the kids will ask. The kids will ask the honest questions. Yeah. The week. I think one of the one of the girls asked like, "What is what skills has God taught you?" Um, and it, that was definitely it. You kind of learn that sort of like responsibility yeah. and that's sort of, like you talk before the sense of discipline. You definitely learn independence. You kind of especially that's the thing as being like a golf professional. You're essentially like your own boss, and it's kind of like in the morning well. 
if you get up and practice, you get up and practice. If you don't, you're kind of, you don't. So, I mean, there's lots of, lots of things like that. And definitely the time management, definitely the discipline, even, even the way, I know a lot of people don't like them, but there's a lot of rules to be followed in college, or even your like your mm. etiquette and your sports sportsmanship and stuff like that. Just, yeah. just learning how to treat people with respect and stuff like that. It kind of it can go a long way in in, in the rest of your life. If you can kind of take that from the golf course, you can kind of translate it over. That's actually a good point because when you're when you're playing golf. Like, there's actually nothing stopping you from taking the ball and booting it up. No, it, no, no. Taking it out of the grass. Exactly. You're, gonna, you're on your own there. And, I mean, oh, you could be, like, in the middle middle of the, the tree somewhere and there's yeah. nothing in the world stopping you from dropping another ball in the ground. But it's it's kind of up to you and it's kind of on your own conscience and whether you can live with that. And I suppose that's, that's the same thing you can re- apply to your own life. I mean, that's what we always said. People ask us or... So much cheating involved, or so much this. Uh, of course, there is. There's cheating yeah. in every every aspect of life, but you can you can usually see if it's in one aspect of someone's life, it's in multiple aspects, and it's the same same principle. If you learn how to be disciplined in one area, respectful in one area, chances are it's going to carry across the board. I think that's such a good point. That goes back to the point we were making about school. You know, about stopping sport and study. Like, sport will teach you whether it's a group or whether it's an individual sport. Like all them things, mm-hmm. if you do them in sport, if you're lazy in sport, yeah. the chances are you're going to be lazy in your leaving sort. The chances are you're going to be lazy when you get out to work. Yeah. And I think you learn that more by playing sport yeah. at any level yeah, yeah. than someone telling you that this is the way it should be in a classroom. Yeah. Now, not this in school, but yeah, yeah. I, that's me in school, a bit of a low pay, but yeah. I think it's definitely something that sport can benefit mm. students in school. Yeah. No, I definitely think it's it's not to say that like if you're at the top level of sports you're gonna be getting A ones and everything yeah. or A pluses. It's just I guess it's more the mindset. It's like yeah. I'm gonna give a hundred percent of this and whatever my best is, that's my best. And it's kinda of, at the end of the day if you can close the book in the evening or close the exam paper on the day and be like, you know what, I gave that that my best and I'd nothing more to give and whatever that is. I think that's there's a lot to be said that you can be if you can kind of finish every day and be like, geez, I'm proud of what I did today mm-hmm. and I put as much into that as I can, I think you won't be in a bad spot. I think people forget that even in school, when it comes to confidence, like yeah. people are always looking for, uh, I want to be more confident mm-hmm. before just a tournament or before yeah. a game. And it's like, well, confidence will come from the work you put in. Yeah. So I think people forget that unless you put in the work, yeah. confidence just, like, nobody can give you confidence. Yeah, yeah no, that's it exactly. I suppose... That's the one thing probably I found it was quite difficult at school. It was kind of like it wasn't the cool thing to be kind of saying that you were studying hard or kind yeah. of practice. But that was the one thing from golf probably kind of taught us. We knew it was okay. It was okay to practice hard mm-hmm. and want to do well. So why wasn't it okay to kind of study hard in school and want to do well in school and at the same time? But like I said, I mean, our coach all the way up, he used to, he had this thing, he used to say, confidence comes from no one. It's like, well, if you go out, on say the driving range mm-hmm. or practice on the golf course and if you know I can hit it from here to here that gives you kind of a sense of like self-assurance but like oh well I actually can do that and whether then if you try and do it in a tournament if it doesn't come off the first time it comes out the second time then you go well I know I can do it now and mm-hmm. kind of that's the sort of self-confidence I suppose you can get you get confidence from things going well and, yeah and, totally and then yeah. the one thing I'm just interested on how you manage it is I know when I go to play golf mm-hmm. self-talk yeah. and you're there 
bit like having him shouting at the ball. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's like, when the frustration really comes yeah, out. Yeah, I need to deal with that thought and you know, that kind of wee and voice in your head that starts coming in and saying, oh shit, you can't do this. Yeah, I suppose that, that's the difficult thing again. That's the other side of golf. It's like you are on your own. Mm-hmm. That's when it's kind of, you'd be like, oh geez, I wish I'd let a team score it. Yeah. It's not going well. You kind of want the people around yeah. you. Um, I suppose you just kind of, kind of have to ride the wave a bit. You kind of have to appreciate there are more probably bad days than there are good days. Um, you're not, for something like a golf ball, is, when you think about it, a golf ball is so small, mm-hmm. the golf club is so small, there's so much room for error. You kind of just have to cut yourself a wee bit of slack. Um, in the heat at the moment, that's it. <laughs> much easier said than done. And everyone tweeting you by a couple of shots, and you don't want to let yourself down. That's a lot easier said than done. But um, no, I think just the idea is just to stick at it and kind of stick at it. It's a lot easier just to throw the clubs in the bit of the car and go home and say I'm never going back again. Yeah. But um, if you can keep at it and keep at it, keep at it consistently is more kind of the the way I say it, and just try and improve. What if you improve one percent every? Every time you go out, yeah, yeah. you would be in a bad spot. Because I think that's the thing with golf. If you don't consistently do it and you leave it for three or four weeks mm-hmm. after playing a semi-okay round, yeah. and then you go back to and you're like, ah, this thing again, back to scratch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, it's, it's, it, that's not the one thing with golf. You find you still have the same bad habits over and over again. I mean, I still have the same bad habits now I had when I started. You yeah. probably have them for the rest of your life. It's all about managing them and kind of in the back and you do notice and you're like oh yeah I'm at that again and just kind of rein them all back in and so yeah definitely not a game of perfect but no that's good I just a game of management in, in some way every time I go to first thing I right well, don't lift your head next minute my head's up before you yeah, hit the ball yeah you're really for where it's gone yeah <laughs> it's usually my eyes are going to the hedge is not the green so I'm like oh, I have to get this thing again it's one of those sports though that you can hit 10 bad shots and then if you hit one you're like that's what I always say. All it takes is one good drive, one good shot to come make you come back the next day. I think that's that's the really cool thing. But it just takes that one little bit of spark or that one wee taste for it to be like, yeah, I'll come back. I'll yeah. try and do it again. Same thing is like what I said before, but trying to get it hit it over the road. You hit it over the road once and yeah. come back and try and do it again make sure it wasn't a fluke. Yeah, yeah. that's the hard part, making yeah. sure it wasn't a fluke. Yeah, exactly. Um so just before we finish up I know you're very passionate about getting girls and people back playing golf. So what advice would you have someone that's looking to start out playing golf? Yeah. They're like, oh, listen to this, well, maybe I will take it. Maybe I'll go out and give it another chance. Yeah, uh, just literally give it a go. I mean, there's there's so many great golf courses around Cavan. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to go to Barry. You can go to Parry, go to Ken Cavan, and It started even with a yeah. wee nine-hole course. I mean, that was... What I found the best job was probably we started on the Park Tree Golf Course, so you didn't have this huge area land that it made it seem like so extreme. Uh, even like little like putt putt golf, little yeah. golf. Sorry, I mean, cabin going down McShane's. Exactly, a little bit of pitch and putt. Yeah. yeah. So just kind of start off small, get a wee taste for it, get one club. Like we in the beginning, we only had I think Dad and I got maybe a driver, an iron, a putter, mm-hmm. a few clubs, a few balls. Uh, Start at it, start at it small and kind of keep at it. Get a few tips along the way, pick up a few tips on a few people who have been at it a wee while and kind of, kind of go from there. I'd say you probably do have to give it a chance. Yeah. You have to give it and more than um, a day or two. It will take, well, like any sport, it's kind of like any sort of skilled sport. You just kind of need 
need that sort of time and uh, effort. But it's golf's a game for anyone, you know, yeah. for any age, um, men, women, anybody can kind of pick up the game. And even there's no too early time, there's no too late time. It's kind of that's kind of nice thing. You can play with anybody. Anybody mm-hmm. can play with anybody. You can play with. It's the one sport you can probably play. All levels can play yeah. in the one group. Yeah. That's kind of the nice thing. Even families going off play. You can play on holidays. You can have the kids play. You can have the parents play. And some mm-hmm. people might be good. Some people might be not so good. But it's something you can kind of all do together. And um, that's the nice thing about golf too. It's, it's very social. It is. And you're out there for. You know, people people say, "Oh, it takes it takes too long." It takes, takes the day. <laughs> Sure, it's, it's a day out. It's yeah. a day out. But, um, yeah, no, I, I definitely say give it a chance. Um, don't write it off straight away. I think anybody that gives it a chance, and my parents will be going to go, after that initial time of getting over and mm. trying to get the hang of everything, yeah. then it just becomes a game of love. Like, yeah. anybody that sticks at it seems to just really, really enjoy it. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely think it, it does take a while to get well, a hundred percent. I'd say it took the entire summer that that year we started. It took the entire summer to be kind of like, yeah, I think we're like <laughs> starting to get it, starting to get it at that point. Um, but I mean, there's so many lovely places you can go play golf, even around Ireland. There's yeah. so many nice places, especially around the coast and everything. It's just, um, yeah, no. But definitely, if you can't, I'll start it younger, and then you won't kind of regret it when you're younger. Tip away at it, tip away at it, and. For you know, to be better than you think. Hmm. And then to be following in your footsteps. Exactly. Hopefully. The more the merrier. Yeah, I'm sure it'd be nice for you to see because I'm sure now people are looking up to you and it's nice because I'm sure when you were growing up mm. it was more of a men's game and you would have to look to the men. Yeah. So it's fantastic for younger girls to see you yeah. and your sister coming up and doing it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's one of our first memories of going to a golf tournament. This was, uh, this was back in. Again, 15 years ago, I'd say Dad brought us to an Irish Open. I think it might have been Carton House, maybe. And at that time, Dad was kind of big into it. Dad wanted to go and see the pros. He wanted yeah. to go see Padre Harrington play, and he wanted to go see Darren Clark. And we were kind of just tagging along for the ride. And I remember we stuck around one of the greens, and we literally just we copped it. When the lads had come off, they'd give their ball to someone. So we just we stood for the day with these balls, <laughs> to break the balls at the end of it. We wondered interested in what was going on. But Dad came in and said, what did you see? What did you see? Oh, I saw great, great things. It was just going to buy the balls at the end of it. So, I mean, from that perspective, I suppose it would be nice if young girls come, yeah. come out um, and be like, be, watch something like them. I suppose it's the 20 by 20 campaign is huge yeah, right now. Um, can't see, can't be. So, I mean, if someone can go out, I suppose it's just the same as like young girls now want to be like Kitty Taylor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's more young girls boxing now than there ever was. Um, same with GA, there's a lot more girls. If they can look up to someone totally, and yeah. be like, do you know what? She only lives down the road. She, she's at the same club as I was. I can, yeah. I, she went to the same school, she went through the same sort of system. I can do that. So that, that, I think that's the most powerful thing to show people that it's not like, geez, they were born with this big, big talent and I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah, everyone is more than capable of doing that. And if you can set your mind to it, and give Anthem half a chance and work work at it and work away at it. There's no reason why why any anybody couldn't be on county team or couldn't be on all stars or they couldn't <coughs> play on Irish golf teams, it couldn't be European championship boxer, there's no reason why anybody can't do Anthem. 
And I think just from listening to this, it, it does take discipline, it does take sacrifice. Yeah. Not, you know, you just didn't give up, you a whole life around yeah. it. But it does take that little bit of discipline more than sacrifice. Yeah. So I think if anybody's willing to put that in, anything is possible. No, absolutely. I suppose that's one thing. It's not it's not easy. But no. I suppose nothing in life that's worth having is comes easy. So um but it's it's definitely worth it. There's definitely there was still way more high points than low points. Fair enough, you have to you do have to be disciplined, disciplined with your time and disciplined mm-hmm. with your your work and all that. But um at the end of the day you'll still you'll reap the rewards for it in the end. So it's it's all worth it. Perfect. Lisa, thank you so much for coming in. Wow. And I hope someone listening to this goes out now, picks up the clothes. Absolutely. And then in 15 years' time, you can come back and go, Oh, was that podcast I was listening to that got me out? There you go, that was the spark. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Thank Perfect. you very much. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. If you want to find out more information about my Mindset for Performance programs, where I help you take your performance to the next level by working with you to put a plan in place. We look at goal setting, identifying key milestones and targets, obstacles that may occur, accountability, and overall help you build your confidence. Head over to my Instagram page at Killian Brady or KB underscore performance underscore coaching for more information. Until next time, keep moving forward.